0: Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. It's Oklahoma State week. We have a big matchup at 2.30 on the road tomorrow in Stillwater. So we had to bring an Oklahoma State expert on the show to tell you everything you need to know about Oklahoma State. And that's why I brought on Cody Stovall, our newest Locked On Pokes host. He's going to tell you everything you need to know about Oklahoma State. Cody, I'm going to start you off with a a warm-up question, right? An icebreaker. Who is your favorite Oklahoma State football player of all time?
1: I mean, it's got to be Barry, but if you're asking the my favorite that I've ever seen in my lifetime play at Boone Pickens, it's hands down, no question, uh, R.W. McCorders. No love for Dez Bryant? I, I love Dez. Dez got screwed by the NCAA. So, yeah, no, I love Dez, but uh, I grew up watching R.W., and the things that R.W. McCorders could do on the field was insane. And he played basketball for Eddie Sutton back when we were expected to go to the Final Four all the time. So – yeah, yeah, Seeing live, it's got to be our W. And he got a Super Bowl ring, so it worked out.
0: Yeah, that's just the Cowboy fan in me uh, bringing up Des Bryant. Before we get into uh, this big matchup between the 11th-ranked uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys and the 20th-ranked Texas Longhorns, I got to ask you, what are your thoughts? Because I feel like I've seen you you know, be a little passionate before on the Lockdown Big 12 comments about this. So what are your thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC before we get into the matchup tomorrow?
1: Um, I, you know, honestly, in the beginning, I thought it was kind of a, you know, backdoor move, but USC and UCLA did it too. So to some degree, it's obviously just business, right? I get it. The financial side of things, uh, it's a, it's a major incentive. Um, so I honestly, I think both parties are ready to move on. But Fox Sports is not going to let that happen. So it is what it is. And uh, I do think that it's good for the Big 12 that for the next couple years, uh, OU and Texas get to play some of the new blood. Uh, because I think the new Big 12, although missing that the blue bloods that we're, we're, we're losing, obviously, I think you can say fairly that we're going to be the next league in line uh, because we're, we're going to be the most fun to watch with the most amount of parity. The most
0: fun to watch without Texas and OU?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the teams you have coming in, and, I mean, come on, man, let's be real. OU is a dumpster fire right now. Their backup quarterbacks wouldn't start at any other Big 12 school. So they're going to take a little bit to rebuild. You guys have a good coach. You have the talent. You have the recruiting. You have the financial capabilities to get yourself on SEC level pretty quick. But you got to look at it, dude. On the parity side of it, the bottom half of the Big 10 is garbage. It's trash, and it's not fun to watch. The bottom half of the SEC is the same thing. The Big 12's bottom half is better than every other bottom half league in the United States of America, and I don't even think that's debatable. So you add a team like Cincinnati that's clearly good enough to be in the Final Four, and then you add a team like uh, BYU who has the second biggest independent national you know, marketing and visibility, it's going to do nothing but help the Big 12.
0: I'm gonna just take that as a shot at, at Oklahoma and just assume Texas caught a straight right there. <laughs> Let's talk about. It. <laughs> hey, uh, hey,
1: even with my fans, I'm go- I'm gonna keep it real. Am I am I gonna rub some people the wrong way occasionally? Yes, uh, but I do the I do enough research that that typically I try to tread on the right level of water.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you're right. When you look at it this year, the, the bottom half of the Big 12, the Big 12 has been probably the most competitive conference uh, from top to bottom. So definitely uh, no issue there. I just don't know about the blanket statement that uh, it'll be more exciting without Texas and OU. But I definitely think, you know, you make a good point as far as the parity. But Texas is here right now. So let's talk about this Texas and Oklahoma State game on Saturday between two top 25 opponents. And yes, it seems the, the elephant in the room or the biggest question is, Who's going to start at quarterback for the Oklahoma State Cowboys on Saturday? Because the last time I looked, Bet Online had Texas as almost a touchdown favorites on the road in Stillwater. So let Longhorn Nation know: Is Spencer Sanders starting, or is it Gunner Gundy time? What should we expect tomorrow?
1: So to be 100% honest with you, yeah, Gundy's being very you know quiet about this, right? And he, he's he been that way historically, except for the last couple of years. The last couple of years, Gundy's been very open for the most part about injuries, right? It's been a new thing in his kind of growth. But because he's being so quiet, and Spencer Sanders not practicing is not new, right? Gundy, ever since COVID, has had a philosophy to get the twos and the threes Almost as many reps as the ones. So that's not a foreign thing. But if you look at the TCU game, two things happened, right? Number one is you could clearly see every time Spencer tried to throw it deep, he was under-throwing by by a major, major, major amount, right? So clearly that's an issue. I expect Spencer Sanders to to start, but I also expect us to all see a pretty healthy dose of Gunner Gunner.
0: So what should Longhorn Nation expect from Gunnar Gundy, and what's his relation to Mike Gundy?
1: It, it's his, his uh, son, right? Okay. I think it's his second second oldest son. And Gunnar's actually, he's not bad. So a, a fun story that came out was when TCU was going through the recruiting process back then a few years ago, they actually had Gunnar Gundy as one of their top two quarterback prospects in, in the country. So obviously they were in a lot of contact with Oklahoma State, to see if it was worth recruiting him because they had him pegged pretty high. So he has some capabilities. Another fun little fact is uh, his dad, Mike Gundy made him sit out of football a whole year at Oklahoma state and just be a student and just work out on his body and get bigger, stronger, faster before he let him actually join the team the following season. So although he's a, he's a red freshman, he's been in this thing for, for quite a while. Um, Gundy has even come out and said that if, if this is one of the first times in a long time that the offense will not change much regardless of who plays quarterback. So if we go one, two, three strings, yep. The offensive play calling and philosophy is not going to change whatsoever.
0: So Gunnar Gundy has the same running ability that Mr. Sanders does.
1: No, no. But when Gunnar okay. Gundy started taking classes at Oklahoma state, he was officially clocked at like a four, seven, nine 40, right? Well, he's currently running laser time to at Oklahoma State like a four six zero now. So he did spend two years uh, legitimately shaving off uh, those two point two seconds in a forty, and that's a really big deal. So, and they've been working on his arm mechanics slowly over time as well. So, is it going to be the same with Spencer Sanders? No, not even close. Is it going to be a, a massive drop off like you see in Norman, Oklahoma? No, not not that at all. <laughs>
0: So I could tell uh from listening to you for, for seven minutes and talking to you, we both we both bleed orange, uh, just different shades. You know, <laughs> you bleed orange, I bleed burnt orange. And before we get into some of the overarching themes uh of this game, I'm just gonna straight up ask you, Cody, because I know this is what Longhorn Nation came to see. And you could give two different answers, you know, because I, I know people love to pull receipts, especially on YouTube and you know, all this <laughs> stuff lives forever. This content lives forever, man. It's not going anywhere. So they will pull receipts on you.
1: I, I love it. Who
0: who wins this game and why? And you can give me a, a Spencer Sanders answer, and you can give me a Gunner Gundy answer if, if need be.
1: So I think, honest to God's truth, um, without Spencer Sanders and the ability to air it out, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, but my heart tells me what we're going to end up doing is adopting some of like the K State Colin Klein type of philosophy, whether it's Gundy or Spencer or whatever. I don't think we're going to be doing a lot of airing it out. I I believe that what we're going to try to do is is clock management, which is something we did very good last season. Do we have the defense we had last season? No, not at all. So we have to counterbalance the the, the, the ability you guys have on offense, and that's going to be time time of of possession. So if we can control time of possession, I do think that we get it done in an old-school ugly slugfest.
0: So you're predicting that regardless of who's that quarterback between Spencer Sanders and Gunnar Gundy, that Oklahoma State is going to beat the Texas Longhorns tomorrow?
1: I am, yes. Because, hold on, Gundy's biggest issue, and this is why I've got some of my fans mad at me, is he will punt or field goal his conservative way to a couple losses every single year, right? The only times in Oklahoma State history, since we've been legitimate for the most part, right, was when we had Dana Hogerson and Todd Monken. Well, both of those coordinators would, you know, Dana specifically, when Gundy would call up to the booth and say, hey, we're, we're up by X amount, let's slow down. Dana would say, no, absolutely not. I'm hanging a half a hundo on everybody. I don't care what you say, right? And Gundy did not like that. So every coordinator we've had since, and he gets praised for finding these guys from, you know, Division three colleges. And people think that he's fine in diamonds in the rough, which he is to some degree. But let us I, I hate that our fans bury our head in the sand and pretend that this is not a Gundy thing. He brings offensive coordinators that he knows he can override. So when the game management comes, Gundy's going to say, hey, we're going to slow it down. We're going to start punting. We're going to start kicking five field goals in a row. And we're going to lose a couple of games every year because of it. Well, Gundy got that out of his system. So I do expect him to be a little bit more of a riverboat gambler against Texas.
0: All right. So this defense that was a strength for Oklahoma State last year has fallen off the face of the earth. When you look at it in scoring defense last year, they were ninth in the country thus far through six games. They're 75th now in the country in scoring defense. Last year in total defense, they were fourth in the country halfway through the season. They're 110th. So I look. it feels to me like the loss of, of Jim Knowles and, and maybe some personnel on the defensive side has been a huge hit to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So what's going to stop Quinn Ewers and B. John Robinson from having legacy-type games on Saturday against the Oklahoma State Cowboys defense?
1: Uh, I think Derek Mason's going to have to change it up this time. He has to. The The, the meat and taters of Oklahoma State's defense is the, the D-line, right? Okay, And our linebackers have both proven to be pretty doggone c- capable. But what we haven't been doing is letting them eat. So if you look at game film, right? A lot of what Jim Knowles did was keep quarterbacks on their heels, and he blitzed a lot. We were very, very, very aggressive. Jim, uh, Jim Knowles obviously you know left, but I don't think it's personnel. I do think that we have at least three or four NFL-type players on the defensive line right now as we speak. But watch TCU game, perfect example. We're having our defensive ends, Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, um, they're bailing back into some sort of flats or, or quarters coverage, right? So we're controlling the run game, but even though we're dropping our defensive ends back into coverage, our passing game is still an issue, right? We can't can't fix it. And if we do that again this game, then it's going to be a long day, and yours is going to tear us apart. I think he's going to have to change his mindset and start doing a, a, a legitimate amount of different kind of blitz packages. He has to. This is not a game where you can keep pumping people out into the flats and expect to be successful when it has not worked yet.
0: Before we get into our ad break, who do you think has a better chance to stop Quinn Ewers tomorrow? That young secondary for Oklahoma State or the 35-mile-per-hour wins that are forecasted?
1: Uh, The winds definitely. definitely (laughs) they got to help us out here, man.
0: (laughs) That's funny. A quick word from Underdog Fantasy, and then we're going to get into more of this Texas and Oklahoma State matchup with Cody Stovall. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word. And underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Deposit a hundred dollars. Get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today. Cody, I want to ask you a, a very simple, cut and dry question. Is Mike Gundy the best coach in the Big 12 currently? No. Why not? And who is?
1: Uh, why not? Is because what I just alluded to. He, how can he's a legend, right? Like he deserves all the accolades. I love Gundy. He's gonna get a statue out front of Boone Pickens Stadium that he has earned. But you, I don't think you can be the top guy when you only have one conference title, and you look at the record against uh, OU, and it's always because of the same exact thing. It's that I've made this analogy before in, in the movie The Water Boy. When, when you know he looks across the sidelines, he's too afraid to run his, his offense, right, because he doesn't have the right playbook. That is Gundy. And I thought it used to be just a Bob Stoops thing. But whenever they carried over to Lincoln Riley, it, it also proved to, to continue to be true. So although he's the GOAT at Oklahoma State, his propensity to blow big games every single year by, like I said, hunting and, and, and field going his way to death, I think ultimately means you're not the top guy who I would say the top guy in the big 12 right now is probably, you know, this, uh, man, that's actually that's actually a really good question that I don't think I've thought about a lot. I, it's not Campbell, right? Cause he's guaranteed the seven, eight win range. Um, it's not Sark yet. Cause he's got the, the prove it time, which I think this would be a big game for Sark, right?
0: Yeah. After one of the biggest games of, OU, of his career
1: after what you did to OU and, and, and the game against Iowa State, if you guys take us down, then I don't, I wouldn't say that you're back, but the trajectory says, okay, yeah, this is a, Texas Looking is a dead. real, real player. Absolutely. Um, Oof, I want to say Chris Klein. I really do. Uh, but what you you can't discredit what Dave Aranda and, and um, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lance Leipold have done. So You know what? Shoot. I'll just I'll just I'll just say, uh, yeah, I'll say Chris Kleinman right now.
0: That's a really good answer. You talked about how Oklahoma State has kind of blown big leads and Texas has been snake bitten by that as well. These are really uh, two first half teams. When you look at it, I actually have the data right here in front of me. So this year thus far through six games, Oklahoma State is outscoring their opponents by one hundred and six points combined in the first half. However, that number drops all the way down to four points in the second half. Oklahoma State has only outscored their opponents through six games by four points in the second half compared to 106 in the first half. Texas, same thing, but to a lesser degree. Texas is outscoring their opponents by 87 points in the first half. That number drops down to 23 points in the second half. Oklahoma State is five and one. Texas is five and two. Yet both of these teams have been outscored throughout the entirety of the season in the fourth quarter. I have an idea why Texas has struggled in the second half, but why do you think that Oklahoma State has clearly taken their foot off the gas in in the second half and really been kind of broken even in point differential through six games with their opponents in the second half?
1: You know, it's actually funny that you brought that up, and I'm really glad you did. So what I have been working on for my launch of of when we get the Oklahoma State podcast for Locked On Squared Away finally, right, is – I've been digging back over the last five, six years. And what you're saying is not only 100% accurate, but it's been happening for 16 years. And I'm, and I'm statistically kind of putting that together. So what I've been put together so far over the last like four or five years is Gundy's propensity to, to throw the ball over 10 yards in fourth quarters over the last five, six years drops like 44%. It's, it's every single year. Why does, why does Gundy do this every year every, in the fourth quarter? Only God knows, brother. Only God knows. And, and the, the, the sad part about it is if Gundy would fix this one issue, because he, everybody can, can admit, I think, that he has grown quite a bit after the, all the Chuba Hubbard stuff during the COVID season. Gundy did grow a lot. You've seen a completely different side of Gundy the last couple of years as far as openness and confidence and so on and so forth. So if he would just fix this one thing, I mean, guys, it's statistically provable that if he doesn't shut down in fourth quarters, we have four or five more Bedlam wins over the last 12 years. We have at least two more conference titles over the last 12 years. It, it's a thing. It's a thing that you just you can't, you can't say anything about. And it's funny. So this show that I took over, right, it used to be Locked on Post, Correct. I wanted that acronym gone so bad. So it is now officially locked on Oklahoma State. It's going to take okay. a little bit to figure out all the graphics and whatnot, right? Okay. But I did get it changed for this specific reason. When people give OSHU a hard time about the poke choke, it's real. It happens every year. We can't say that it ain't real. So I did not want that as the name of the show. So that's a little fun backstory for that. Yeah, Gundy does it every year. Why? Who? Who knows? Why will he not fix it? Unfortunately, to me, it's saddening to say it just feels like he's too stubborn. He believes in his bones that when you have a 10 to 13 point lead, your job is to start just pissing the game away.
0: Same thing we've dealt with as Texas fans. Let some Texas fans tell it. Uh, Sark turns into Jimbo Fisher with his play call in the second and- half. And that's maybe why we've blown a few double digit leads. So hopefully that's behind us. Um, hey man, I
1: take Jimbo Fisher over the water boy. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> That's crazy, man. I don't think anybody in the country wants Jimbo Fisher right now. Maybe not even at AM. Um, You talked about Oklahoma State is going to win this game, and and I look, I commend you for that because I'm not going on any other podcast and saying Texas is going to lose. So I, you know, I commend you for that. I I drink a bunch of Kool Aid on here. I, I respect it, brother. You I, you I, said, I believe
1: it. I believe it. Yeah. Hey, we're 37th in the country in overall offense, right? Yeah. You're 60, or, or no, yeah, you're 37th in def- in defensive categories. One of those has to give.
0: Yeah, and, and we'll see which one gives. But uh, uh, you said that Oklahoma State is going to win, and so there's going to have to be X factors on both sides of the ball uh, for that to happen. So who are your offensive and defensive X factors in this game for the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Uh,
1: offensively, I think we should all watch out for Jaden Nixon and Ollie Gordon. Gundy has finally... Um, and, and listen, Dominic Richardson is a phenomenal individual, right? And he's a good running back, but we're trying to run the same zone blocking schemes that we had with Jalen Warren with Dominic Richardson, who clearly just doesn't have the, the ability to make those those right cutbacks. It just it is what it is, right? And Jaden Nixon is a a more solid uh, Kendall Hunter type. You know what I mean? So you saw him get a few carries in TCU, and he looked really good. So why we didn't give him more carries, I don't know. But Gundy has said that both him and the the highly touted freshman, Ollie Gordon, that has played quite a bit, is going to get a lot more carries. I think the Dominic Richardson uh, show is going to be put on the shelf a little bit. So watch out for Jaden Nixon. Uh, And then in the passing game, whether it be Gunner or Spencer, we're clearly not going to be chunking it deep a whole lot. So you got to look for, for Brendan Presley because he's the, the slot king for us. So I think he's going to get a lot of seven, eight, 10 yard catches, which Texas defense does seem to give up a lot of short stuff. They're okay with giving up three, five, six, seven yard slants. So hopefully we exploit that and we look kind of like a mixture of the K State Colin Klein offense with Gunnar Gundy or Spencer Sanders combined with a little bit of that 2011 Whedon, just get it out fast offense.
0: And then what about your defensive X factors?
1: We're going to have to have a lot of blitz packages. I would say definitely watch out for Colin Oliver and Trace Ford for sure. Instead of putting them back in the flat coverages, they've got to come. And if they come and they wreak havoc on on Quinn Ewers, we're going to be able to win the game. If we don't do that, you guys chew us up and spit us out.
0: Quick word from the Longhorn Real Estate Team, and then we're going we're to talk about the atmosphere that Texas should expect in Stillwater tomorrow. Dwell in Austin and Hill Country mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn Real Estate Team. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com because in a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions makes us able to achieve the best results for our clients and our clients for years. I've outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research information and expertise, which is now more important than ever for all your real estate needs in the Austin area. Make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com, Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS, 2324262, Jonathan Sarver, NMLS, 993872, equal housing opportunity. Cody, I said earlier that, you know, once the game for the game time for Texas, Oklahoma State was announced, I said Texas got lucky. You know, everybody's talking about the Big 12 is kind of hosing Texas this year with calls and and, and different things. But I said we got lucky in one regard that we went we got to play Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock at two thirty rather than that game being at night. And then they announced the Oklahoma State game at two thirty in Stillwater rather than that game being at night. Of course, it really didn't matter because we lost to Texas Tech regardless, but. You know, as somebody that bleeds, you know, Oklahoma State orange, wh- is there a difference between a game in Stillwater at 2.30 and a game at night in Stillwater, or is it just going to be a
1: raucous crowd regardless? Absolutely, there's a difference, right? Especially when you take into consideration, this is Oklahoma State's uh, 101st edition of what's tabbed as the, the the, the what, country's uh, greatest homecoming. Uh, have you ever been to Stillwater for a homecoming?
0: I've never been to Stillwater, period
1: legitimately speaking, like not being a homer, it's very impressive. It's extremely impressive. So if you give people all day to walk around the campus and see all this crazy animatronic stuff that's been built while also getting to drink beer, yeah, at nighttime, it's 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 ready to throw bows mode. In the daytime when it's hot, that takes a little bit out of it. But, you know, the irony of why O-State fans have some – I don't know a little bit of, of, of animosity towards Texas fans. It's not because of y'all leaving, right? It's not because of all the big recruiting classes. To, if I can be real with you, it's because some Texas fans, and this happens over every fan base, but a good portion of Texas fans always, always talk like they're undefeated. And you you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I'm on there's, I'm on Twitter. I see it. There's yeah, there's a good I,
1: chunk of Texas guilty fans that, guilty. That, that, just I don't know it blows my mind
0: yeah I mean it, it's definitely a thing I think every fan base has its quirks right and when you're on Twitter you see all of it right every every fan base has the good and the bad but you know <laughs> Texas fans we <laughs> we're excited man it's been a long time you know Listen, so, <laughs> you guys, we're ready we're ready to break every, through
1: everything's bigger in Texas I I get I get it you know I've done a lot, lot of work down there
0: but even the egos. It's true
1: when y'all get hyped it's the biggest hype train in America too
0: Yeah, let's hope it doesn't uh, fall off the tracks. I want to ask you, Cody, you know, Oklahoma State made the Big 12 championship game last year. And what was about, what, three yards, four yards away from winning it? Not even that. Really was two yards away.
1: Like seven inches, brother.
0: Like seven inches away from winning the the Big 12 conference last year. I think this game tomorrow will go a huge way into determining uh, if one or both of these teams end up in the Big 12 championship game on Saturday. Both. I mean, in December. This game on Saturday, both of these teams really at this point before and maybe even after the game control their own destiny into making it to the big 12 championship game right. in December. I believe that the Longhorns will be there. Do you believe that the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be there as well in the big 12 championship game?
1: Uh, I do, I really honestly do. I the one thing that we have over every team but Texas is our two deep, our, our two deep is a lot deeper than most everybody else, and that's. That is something that you, I give credit to Gundy for, uh, because for a long time that wasn't the case, right? But R2-D is not only good, but it's been tested. I mean, we've got five or six starters out. Guys, we're trying to rotate in a fourth-string center as we speak. We have three centers that probably won't play.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you in ATT Stadium, because like I said, I think Texas makes it. There's going to be a lot of orange in Jerry World on December 3rd. Uh, Cody Stovall said that he believes that the Oklahoma State Cowboys are going to beat the Texas Longhorns in Quinn Ewer's first true road game. Look, I've told you all a million times on Locked on Longhorns. I think that Texas can only afford two conference losses to still make it to the Big 12 championship game. They've, of course, already lost one of those to Texas Tech. I think they can only afford one more loss I does not think I do not think, excuse me. It happens tomorrow against Oklahoma State, Texas by 4 in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and thank you for Cody Stovall coming on. Look out for Oklahoma State content coming your way on the Lockdown Podcast Network soon. Have a great weekend, Longhorn Nation. Enjoy this win against the Oklahoma State Cowboys and as always, peace.